Hi, I'm Dawn Kendall. And I'm Alex Howarth. And this is the Yoga Life Podcast. Welcome to episode four of the Yoga Life Podcast. I'm Dawn Kendall. I'm Alex Howarth. And this week we're going to be talking about compassion. Before we delve into that, let's have a little recap about our dharma we talked about last time. Have you um, had much thought about it in the last week, Alex? And thought, you know, with with relevance to you and your journeys? Yes, but Dawn, you really rushed in. How are you, dear? Oh, I'm very good. I'm very, (laughs) I'd say, I'm very good. I'm also very stressed. (laughs) Stressed. Like how you say it under your shin. Stressed. Yeah. Um, no, all controllable all though I suppose this is comes into when we talk about dharma and actually um, I'll talk about well, what I've thought about with dharma in the last week and my stress well go you start you start then that oh. I just yeah thinking about my week and what why I feel stressed out by things and taking time to just focus on the things of my week that make me happy and how I could do more of those things and less of the things that are worrying and stressing or like yeah like make me feel hectic even though perhaps I'm not crazy busy like some people other times yeah it feels a bit too much so thinking about the bits of my week I like the most and how I can do more of those and less of the others like that and oh, being yeah, self-employed it is somewhat in my control. So, yeah, thinking about how I can make that happen. Oh, that's good. I hope there is lots of stuff in this week that is fun for you. Yeah. I mean, I've got a lovely facial booked on Friday, which I'm so excited for. Oh, that'd be lovely. Before we are uh, West Lexham. So that's I also know. very busy, but also very nice. Yeah, we do have a good week. If we look at your week, you've got yoga tomorrow, you've got yoga on Wednesday, you've got a facial on Friday, and then a yoga retreat all weekend. Yeah. I feel like you're quite lucky. Must note that I'm teaching those yogas, but it does sound like I've got a pretty amazing week. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. I'm also have to add in that I do think that my dharma in life is to own some alpacas. <laughs> I have to say that because that was the highlight and sitting here feeling a little bit stressed this morning I was like oh do you know how amazing it felt just walking with the alpacas last week that I need to do it again it was the most mindful and relaxing chilled day it really was it's bloody lovely so last nope it must have been this March uh six months ago Dawn bought me an alpaca walk for my birthday and we finally finally made it uh and it was so nice um well we were walking for about an hour and a half it was a very slow amble but it was lovely uh we had an alpaca each um and we were just oh it was so lovely they were so cute um but dawn has definitely decided i think she decided before we even got there but she then it affirmed that she really wants some alpacas now one day i'm gonna make this happen it's just convincing neil that it's a good idea isn't it yes yeah not there oh. yet <laughs> they really were and like you said it was just so peaceful you couldn't come away from there stressed no. oh no highly recommend it um what was it burnt fen al 
backpacker walking. Yes, yeah. But um, yeah. give it give it a Google if you can and go see them. They it was just wonderful. Yeah, and and the owner is just oh, she was so welcoming, wasn't she? It was just really lovely. So. Really lovely. Um, yeah, she was proper chatty, but she would talk about the alpacas and just tell you anything you wanted to know. And oh, she's got like 40 alpacas and you can just see how much she loves them. They are like her babies. Um, yeah. Oh, I wanted to bring my <laughs> alpaca home. He's so cute. Big bear. Big old bear. Um, but yeah, have no. you thought about your dharma then in the last week and what yeah. thoughts have you had? Well, we went down that um, rabbit hole of, what was it, Ashrama Dharma? Let me look at my notes. Yes. High five to me. Well done. Um, Ashrama Dharma, where we were talking about Ayurveda and um, finding the right things in your life at the right stage in your life. Um, and if I'm honest, it sent me down a rabbit hole. I could have easily gone down the rabbit hole of astrology <laughs> <laughs> and gone and booked us in for some astrology readings. <laughs> I don't know what words I'm looking for. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, easily. But no, I went down the um, Ayurveda route. And as you know, Dawn, this has literally like consumed me for the last two weeks. And um I met um, I met a fellow yoga teacher. She lives in Norfolk as well, uh, Rosanna McKenzie. So her Instagram is Rosanna McKenzie underscore yoga. If you wanted to give her a follow, but she is a Ayurvedic specialist. It's what she does. She has clients, one on one clients, uh, who she helps uh, essentially figure out your life um, via Ayurvedic methods. And I sat down with her for I think an hour and a half maybe not even that long it might have been an hour over a coffee and she literally blew my mind it was so good to talk to her she taught me so much um and I was quite triggered by our Ayurveda when I did my 200 hour yoga course because it was Guruji's a, a total G love him but I think he came at it from a very black and white angle and it was very much down the food front Mm -hmm. it was just and having come from a fitness background where my entire education around food has been towards healthy living weight loss balance blah 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 blah. he then comes at it from a very very different angle and I struggled with it I'm going to be honest and so kind of just stepped back from Ayurveda never really looked into it and then I met up with uh, Rosanna and honest to god it's so freaking interesting since then I have devoured three books on Ayurveda wow uh, implemented um so much of it already and I'm just so excited to like learn more and more about it but it's so prevalent um when it comes to this dharma and being and doing the right things for you at the right time in your life and it was just it's just been fascinating I absolutely total Ayurveda nerd at the moment you know tell me a good book about it and I will read it right now I and also thought suddenly thought about the right place at the right time when you were just saying all this in that you'd gone from this very fitnessy background to your yoga retreat. And it was just that very opposite viewpoint, almost, I suppose, straight at you. Mm-hmm. You weren't ready to take it all on at that point, perhaps, you know, no. and now you're further down the journey and you're ready to absorb more and learn more, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, there's that book, um, 
Waking Up by Sam Harris. Yeah. And I've said, I've read it three times. I think I've said this in a prior podcast, to be fair. And uh, every time I read it, I come at it from a different perspective uh, with different knowledge under my belt that um, I just, I take different things from it. And it's the same with various other books that I've come back to. You just see things from a different perspective. Every time you reread the Bhagavad Gita or even the whole Mahabharata, it is just that, oh, I didn't really get that last time. And now I really do. And that sentence didn't make any sense two years ago, but now it really hits home. And it's just, it is, you're absolutely, you're, you're in the right place at the right time to absorb the information that is needed for you at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's something we always say about having therapy and like counseling people. Mm-hmm. You have to be responsive and open to it. And it has to be the right time for you, whether other people think it's the right time for you or not. Um, I tried many years ago, right, early 20s, and it just wasn't for me. I didn't didn't want to go there. Didn't want to talk for an hour and get upset about stuff. No, it's very much on my to-do list after this weekend's retreat is to sort going back to therapy for me. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I am so in that mindset. I think I'm in a very much, uh, this autumn is moving me into a phase of self-work. Yeah. Very much so. I agree. And I don't know about you, but I also was thinking about going back, not for completely different reasons to before, in that Mm. I went when I was in a bit of a crisis time and not doing so great mentally, whereas now I'm doing a whole lot better, but there's things I still want to just dig through and perhaps feeling more ready to dig through the deeper darker things because generally in a better place Uh, yeah that's really interesting isn't it there's yeah yeah, I'm I'm going again for very different reasons I feel like I've really when I went last time everything that I wanted to work on then was worked out but now it's just like you know what I have clear blocks and I feel like I'm blocking myself on something and I do not know how to get it past it so help me with this yeah so it's yeah definitely coming at it from a deeper or different perspective um but uh I was I told Mossy I'd like to go back and he was like well why instantly worried that there was something not right in my life uh and it kind of I don't I wouldn't say triggered him I think it worried him yeah and uh it was like no no no, everything is great I'm not going to go see a therapist and bitch about our relationship or anything it's honestly all is good I am good but I can be better and I want to be better um yeah I think for people around you, when they care about you, they want you to go to therapy because they want you to be better. But at the same time, it is that, oh, is everything okay? Why can't I help you? Why can't I make everything okay? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. it's having an outside person to talk to. So as always, we advocate going for therapy if you need it, if you want it. If you're ready for it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So moving on to compassion, this week's chat. There's obviously the dictionary meanings of compassion and then how we interpret it and where we are coming at it. Have you got the dictionary definition in front of you? I do, I do. Well, there's obviously a couple. So first thing, the first thing that comes up is on dictionary, on Google, sympathetic (laughs) pity and concern for the sufferings or misfortunes of others. Now that kind of was a bit like, "Mm, I get that, but also like we were saying, there's slightly other ways to interpret it. And where did I then read? I then read, so the etymology of compassion is Latin, meaning co-suffering. So compassion involves feeling for another and is a precursor to empathy. So just, yeah, so it's sort of, I, yeah, like we, we kind of go into perhaps 
pity isn't necessarily the right way to think about that but yeah yeah so I think I don't know with compassion I always think that it can be misconstrued somewhat and perhaps which is quite why I like to start at a dictionary definition but uh there's it's really easy to think that feeling compassionate towards someone is just feeling sorry for someone oh poor you and when I read the dictionary definition I was almost surprised that pity was in there because again for me it could just be my take on the word pity makes me think that whole oh poor you it's such a shame oh and there's that maybe with that there comes that lack of understanding you just feel sorry for someone whereas yeah. I think compassion compassion is quite different to just feeling sorry for someone or just pitying them or just yeah I was just yeah feeling sorry for someone whereas compassion I think perhaps is feeling sorry with someone yes that's a very nice way sharing sharing the sorrow a problem shared is a problem halved <laughs> but yeah sharing in that the feelings of sorrow about situations or what someone's going through yeah agreed agreed I think that with compassion there is that huge element of actually giving that person perhaps a bit of you and really truly understanding what they're going through so let's say dawn is having a really bad time with something and i could easily go oh baby it'll be okay and then kind of just brush past it or try and get her to change the subject or not talk to her anymore on that day because whatever but whereas if i was to take the time to truly feel compassion towards dawn she's having a bad time it would perhaps be worth or what I should do is dive into that and be like so what's actually going on with you why do you feel this way is there anything I can do and only via having that conversation with Dawn can I truly feel compassion towards her rather than just oh I feel a bit sorry for you mate uh sorry you're going for a bad time but whereas the compassion would come from understanding and really feeling what you're feeling um to then be able to help you through it perhaps and have the compassionate view an understanding of what you're going through. So I guess the reason we're talking about compassion is because we believe that everyone should add more compassion into their lives, yeah? Yes. Yes, this is why we're talking about this one today. Yes. Oh, you and about, and self-compassion as well. To a certain extent, I'm going to be honest, Dawn, I didn't want to talk about self-compassion all that much because no. I think it's very well it's a massive crossover with ahimsa this is yeah this is true like Um, literally just reading a definition of self-compassion which was being warm and understanding towards ourselves when we suffer fail or feel inadequate rather than ignoring our pain or flagellating ourselves yes i totally get that but we talked about self-compassion or ahimsa towards oneself literally to the back teeth in episode one yeah series one so if you're like what's a himsa or i feel like i need more self-compassion go listen to that episode please please go listen to that episode definitely because i feel like we need to talk about compassion shared compassion like that compassion to the outside world and not just to people that we love but to everyone um more than what we do talking about self-compassion but like john says if compassion to oneself is to really take the time to understand what is going on. So let's say um, it's really easy to beat yourself up if you don't go to the gym for a week or you eat like an idiot for a week. You could easily beat yourself up. But actually, 
instead of doing that, you would take the time to, again, understand what's actually going on. Okay, so I didn't go to the gym last week. Why didn't I go to the gym last week? Well, maybe it's because you're sleeping like crap or it's the week before your period or you've got uh, absolutely loads of work going on and you prioritized work or you had something going on with your family and you prioritized your family, whatever it might be. Maybe you just needed to chill out. Maybe your body is like, I need a break. And finally, it was just like, nope, you're not going to the gym. So whatever it might be. And so to really take an understanding in that situation as to why you missed the gym for a week. Well, okay, it happened. There's nothing I can do. And actually be kind to yourself. Well, just take it as a learning curve. Learn from what happened. Move on. Let's get to the gym again this week. Yeah. 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 Totally. Um, And it's not... It's not just be the compassion for others, I suppose. So we're talking about the world and other living beings and the planet. Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, if we just go for those around us, just yes. taking the time to really, truly feel compassion towards your friends and your loved ones. It's a really good place to start when implementing more compassion into your life because um, it's easy to be nice to those you love. <laughs> would would be my uh take on it really if instead of so if okay we look to implement compassion into our life to make for a better world that that's that's my take on it the world is a better place with the more with the more compassion we have instead of going things going at things with anger mistrust hatred any of the um, emotions you would consider negative, we come at everything from a viewpoint of compassion, everything. And that's a lot to ask. It's a big ask. But in general, uh, I think it's in studies, but if we add more compassion into our lives, then it actually helps us feel happier and more content within our lives. It's kind of like a knock-on effect. So by being lovely to others, you actually feel better within yourself. No such thing as a selfless good deed. So a little bit of karma there. It really is. Um, So if you start with those around you, it is, like I just said, taking the time to truly understand what's going on with those around you. And instead of being pissed off straight away, let's say, I mean, it's very easy to get pissed off with the people we live with, isn't it, Dawn? Mm -hmm. Occasionally, Mm -hmm. yes. Occasionally, it's usually for stupid things because you know that's the just the bin. What it is. We could talk about the bins. Yeah, we could talk about the bins again. We could talk about all sorts of <laughs> things that just generally can gripe. I think having kids, it would be very easy to oh, just be like, what the fuck, all the time. Um, I was talking to someone yesterday uh, about the fact that um, Mossy's little girl, she's very very good at taking things out of wherever they're supposed to be but absolutely atrocious at putting them back as to where they're supposed to be she'll happily put something next to six inches away from where it's supposed to go but wouldn't actually put it away now i could be really annoyed by this (laughs) (laughs) alex has been very annoyed by this (laughs) um and is it's just a constant state of walking around behind a child isn't it and putting away what they pick out um now i could be cross I could be cross, but I also, if I come at this from an angle of compassion, okay, well, she's a kid. She's nine years old. This is what nine-year-olds do. I also could take into consideration, she doesn't live with us full time. So I also need to remember that, hey, she's not used to perhaps living in a house. I don't know what that, what that, 
the way that they live. <laughs> I don't know. I've never, never been in her house. But, um, you know, maybe she's not been taught uh, her whole life how to put things away or the importance of it. Or um, maybe it's just not a priority in their household. So maybe she just doesn't know. So what's the point of getting angry at a nine-year-old if she just doesn't know? Um, she Again, she's nine. So you it's know, give not her a, a priority in a nine-year-old's head, is it? It's not a priority in a nine-year-old's head. It wasn't a priority when I was nine. If I think back to all the crap that me and my brother and sister used to do and how pissed off mama get, like, you can't, you can't be mad at a nine-year-old. All kids make a mess. And if it's, if it's not, it's then up to me to teach her why it's important that she puts things away. But no point in me yelling at her every time I'm putting something away because well, what's the point in me getting angry? I'm just upsetting everyone in the household. If I just explain to her kindly that would be really appreciated if we put this away because of this 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 and this you know it makes for a nicer living experience etc etc um then fine it's a great conversation there's no point in me ruining her day my day by getting cross about it yeah yeah so it's coming at it from an understanding point stand point rather than coming at it from i'm just going to fly off the handle here and yell at her yeah yeah yeah, yeah totally I feel like that's really easy to just implement almost straight away however when everyone's tired underfed whatever it might be it's very easy just to jump the gun and get mad straight away but it's noticing when that happens stepping back and thinking right what's the compassionate viewpoint on this yeah yeah definitely what about with people that are not as close to you harder yeah. It is harder. So um, I was just going to use the traffic one again, but it's really yeah. boring. I use traffic all the time. <laughs> uh, oh, I often think about that example. And then I still occasionally get a little bit road ragey. Not, I'm, not, I'm not bad. It's, oh, I don't know, I guess it depends on my frame of mind. And that's when it's, I shouldn't take that on others because sometimes I'm just chill. And I'm like, people are driving slow. Oh, well. Other times, like, why are you going 10 miles an hour slower than the speed limit? Do you not know we have places to be? Uh-huh. Well, the kindest thing to do there, Adorn, is leave on time. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> yes. Um, I think with driving every now and then, if someone, I don't get triggered by people driving slowly anymore, but I think that's because of the implementation of my black box. So I've understood people who drive the speed limit a lot more lately. Um, but I do every now and then if someone drives dangerously, that's what triggers me. But I find it very, very quick to just be to either laugh at myself for getting cross or to instantly implement the we don't know what's going on in their life. Yeah. Um, so I guess I could use an example. Actually, I've got a post written out on this to go on my uh, yoga social media. Maybe I should put it on yoga life as well. Um, I joined a new gym. What, a month ago, if that. Um, and I've started going to classes there. Did I tell you about this? Don't know. Um, I started going to classes there. And um, I've been to various different classes, but I do keep coming across the same teacher. She's taught a few of the classes that... Um, I do. And uh, I'm going to be honest, she triggers me <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and it was, I think it becomes again, almost from that uh, same as 
people who are driving dangerously. That's what triggers me. It was the, she was teaching things that perhaps wouldn't be deemed safe in a fitness class. And as a fitness professional, having worked in the industry for 10 years, it really, really triggered me. I'm like, why are you teaching this? This isn't safe. It's actually really fucking stupid. And I was with a friend when we went to one of these classes, potentially the worst of the classes that I've been to with this lady. And we walked into the changing rooms and I literally just vented, full on ranted, like what the, all the effing and blinding and oh, it was not a high point for Alex Howarth. But, you know, we can't always be perfect. Uh, So, but I got it off my chest. I got in my swimsuit and I went for a half an hour swim. And after that half an hour swim, I felt so much better. So, so much better. But essentially what I was doing through that half hour swim was I knew I'd been triggered. Like I was irrationally angry. Therefore, I knew I'd been triggered. Um, And so it's like, okay, let's, let's come at this from a completely different perspective. What the fuck? Okay. A, this teacher is working in the fitness industry and the odds are she has very similar motives to me and most other fitness professionals that I know. And the motivation behind getting into that industry, it ain't the fucking money, I assure you of that, is usually because you want to help people. So this woman, much like me, probably wants to spend her time helping people. Uh, So therefore, we know she has a kind heart and she's doing something to help people. Uh, which is, which is a good thing. Okay. I can get on board with that. I can completely understand that. Uh, I don't know who she did her training with or when she did her training. So therefore I don't know what she's being taught, but the odds are if she thought, or if she knew that something was bad for someone, she wouldn't teach it because she wants to help people. That's why she's in the industry she's in. So therefore it was talking myself down slash trying to create an understanding of the motives and the perspective behind what this woman was doing to realize that, well, there's no point in me being mad at her because at the end of the day, she is just working or doing the best she thinks she can do. And it's not my responsibility to judge her in any way, to think little of her, to, to criticize her. It's my responsibility to just, be pleased that she's there and offers offers the service that she offers um and just to be grateful for it at the end of the day um i could talk to her and just say did you know that this is actually being deemed unsafe and we probably shouldn't do it anymore but again is that my position to do it is that just a dick move i don't know that's a hard one isn't it i totally get it when you said she won't be doing it because she knows it's bad that that's that it's there it is right there like she yeah. won't be coming into that to teach people bad things like things they shouldn't be doing she no. yeah you don't know what training she's had perhaps she just needs a little bit of updating and that's then oh, it's very difficult because then yeah well, what do you do do you say something to her do you say something to her manager her manager at the gym like yeah like what do I don't I haven't I still haven't no. landed on what I should do but I'm coming at it with compassion and an understanding that this woman is doing her best yeah from her point of view she's doing the best she can possibly do uh she's very passionate about her job she wants people to have a good workout and there's no harm in that. And so, and I've done classes of her since. And every time she does something that makes me literally wince, I either change it and do something different 
or I'm just like, she's just doing what she can do. She's just doing what she knows. And you know what? That's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, and it's changed my outlook to go into her classes. I don't go in there pissed off and angry and I don't leave pissed off and angry. I go in there happier and say thanks at the end and be like, bye, instead of storming out with a face like thunder going fucking, 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 fucking bitch, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So we briefly thought about what I mentioned. Compassion doesn't just have to be for others around you. It can be for animals, the world, the planet and things like that. It's definitely something we've touched on before when you're thinking twice before you put something either in the bin or in the recycling. I suppose that's compassion. It is compassion. It is. It's coming at everything from a position of of love, of, yeah, of kindness. Um, so, for instance, all of those people from Afghanistan that were crying out loud, I mean, allowing them and trying to support those people and letting them come into the into our country, the country. That's it's, compassion. That's compassion. That's showing someone true compassion. Please freaking run away from your awful country and come to us. That's compassion. Imagine going... At, to refugees no fuck off like you're not going to feel good about it they're not going to feel good about it like that doesn't help anyone yeah it's when people don't look at why they're why are they doing it I think yeah they there are huge bigger pictures at play like obviously it's going to have a huge impact on economy and the country itself, et cetera, et cetera. But to just think of those people on an individual basis, like, holy shit, how could you turn them away? How could you turn them away? And if it was flipped, I always think that with compassion, it's easier to implement if you think about the situation in reverse. Yeah. So imagine if we had to run and flee our own country and another country was like, nah, fuck off. Yeah. Sorry. No. There is an element of understanding there as to why a country might have to say no. I get that. I do get that. Yeah. However, the the pain in that moment, the upset, the terror, you know, yeah. It's just having that, as soon as you flip it on its head and think, right, how would I feel in this situation? That's why I think it's sometimes easy to have more compassion for people of similar backgrounds and lives as us when something goes wrong. For example, the recent flooding in New York. It's Mm -hmm. very easy to have compassion for those people, I think, because they are of a similar level in the world to us. Mm -hmm. They're working. (laughs) There's a hustly, bustly city. People that work, got jobs. It's a first world country. First world. And those things happen to them. It's then very easy to have the, the, the sympathy for them because you can totally imagine what it's like because we can then think, God, what would happen? What would it be like for us? Whereas then in some of these other countries, like in the Middle East or more third world countries, it is harder because we can have compassion from a human way and think about it from us but it is also then very difficult because their life is so different to ours yeah I guess yeah I hadn't thought of it like that I just all human life is the same right yeah yeah it is is. yeah I do and I do sometimes think how devastating like for these 
people that lose children or husbands or parents in those countries, it's, I do sometimes wonder, like, how, how do they cope with that? And then I feel incredibly privileged to think that that would completely devastate me if that happened in my life. And then it's also devastating that it's, it's almost not more normal for them because it's happening all around them. And it's, yeah, it's just. Yeah. Just because it's more normal for them doesn't mean it's any less earth shattering. It would tear our lives down and it probably tears their lives down and just, well, it does, it tears their lives down, but they just fucking keep fighting and keep going and keep doing what they have to do. Yeah oh it's horrible and you just yeah and that's where that's where the it could be really easy to pity these people or just be oh I feel really sorry for them because it's so much more difficult to understand what they're going through yes but to truly feel compassion for these people we need to uh, educate understand and learn that was the whole Black Lives Matter thing wasn't it it wasn't a case of yeah, it's all very well not being racist, but actually, you know, educate yourself on this stuff. Go read some books, talk to people, learn about yeah. this stuff, because only through that education of yourself can you be truly compassionate towards people who suffer racism on an every single day basis. I think that's where the dictionary definition slips up slightly because it's because it's like we we don't want to have pity for them, but we want to have compassion with them we want to understand with them yeah yes yes and I think only with understanding can you truly make an impact on someone's life and change only then can you change your own behaviors only then can you truly help someone yeah um is to try and have a deeper understanding of what that person is going through yeah um sidestepping out so obviously we've talked about being compassionate for someone who you're super close to yeah uh, being the easiest level then being compassionate for someone who's just in your sphere that you don't know particularly well and then obviously compassion on a huge broader sense for people who are truly suffering in the world or yeah just the whole world in general but then we can also have a sense of compassion to uh the world that we live in the actual environment to the planet um yes the planet may not be like oh thanks pal it can't really (laughs) reply (laughs) um do you think it does in a way though i think it probably does you know every time that you do do something wonderful for the planet you know maybe it does it thanks us in some way shape or form definitely unthanks us it definitely storms and fuck off doesn't it i mean covid covid i was about to say i mean the impact that covid had in a positive sense to the planet is unreal and it's such a shame that we're almost going to completely probably already have so depressing about it well a forgotten all about it and b reversed it again i wonder if there are still fish swimming in venice (laughs) you know like are there because yeah it's just such a shame but um if we implement compassion towards the planet or our local environment it's it's small changes but it can have a big impact if everyone just thinks right I'm going to be more compassionate to the environment if you think right I'm truly understanding the damage I am doing by using this product uh throwing that piece of trash in the bin by um not picking up that piece of litter by having the heating on all the time by leaving all the lights on whatever it might be if you suddenly realize the impact that you can have or you do have on the environment with a true sense of compassion, with true understanding to the 
impact we as humans have on this planet, then you are going to change. You are going to change the way you behave. And it might be in really small ways, but if if you come at it with compassion, it, it becomes a lot easier to do. If you're doing it because you feel like you should slash ticking boxes, you know, oh yeah, I'm good, la la la, then you're not going to be very motivated to do it. Whereas if you really feel for your local environment and you want to make an impact because you understand the damage you do, then it's very, very, very easy to turn the heating down, to switch off the lights, to buy local, to not use vegetables or not buy vegetables wrapped in fucking plastic, you know, or buy, buy vegetables that are locally grown, you know, and um, eat seasonally to recycle, to not just throw your stuff or take your stuff to the tip when you're done with it to actually try and sell it um, and allow it to find use elsewhere. It was your uh, toilet roll box, wasn't it? Oh, yes. Yes. What it says to use it for other things like forts. See, I, I buy the Who Gives a Crap toilet roll. Yeah. 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 And it comes in a huge, great box because you get 48 rolls. And on the box, I love it. It says, please reuse me. I can't remember the exact words, but like to build forts or castles or store stuff or whatever, like make, have an, give me another life. We definitely yes. gave each other life. Alex used it to shade her laptop when we were working in the garden in the sunshine. So it yeah, had another life. And it's still, it I mean, it's still in one piece. So it will be used again. Yeah. And I mean, I think a friend of ours is moving house soon. So she'll yeah. probably use it. And then God knows what she'll do with it. But, um, you know, it is just a case of, well, okay, I'm done with X item. But this could be something for someone else. So it's just being aware. Uh, a friend of ours uh, did a huge clear out. And she could have easily just binned a load of the stuff that she had, couldn't she? So easily. But instead, she got herself out of bed super early on a Sunday morning, took all her stuff to the car boot. She's like, I don't care how much I get for it, even if I don't make up my parking spot in the car boot, as long as it goes to a new home to get reused and doesn't end up in freaking landfill. Now that is a true understanding of the impact of just throwing that stuff away who would have had. And that is her taking... um, what well, is taking into consideration the bigger picture to then be more compassionate to our local environment yeah um definitely. and i mean that's bloody wonderful i've just started i don't know if i told you this dawn i just started using norfolk veg box yes you did yes yes to um, get your local veg yes and they do a norfolk grown veg box so they do other vegetable boxes which are just they were a bit, little bit further it's all in in the uk but um all of their vegetables are grown in the Norfolk area um, and they just do a Norfolk veg box. So it's only stuff that's grown in this area. And that's the one I picked. Um, and it was freaking amazing. Good. So like the beetroots came when they're all tied up with all the leaves. I saw, can you eat beetroot leaves? I think so. I'm going to Google it. Uh, yeah. And then the carrots came with all the, you know, the big old carrot leaves and everything yeah. as well. Stems. I don't know what you yeah. want to call them. Anyway, so I got beetroot, carrots, uh, onions potatoes cauliflower greens some cauliflower which i'm gonna to have to put in a curry otherwise i just all put cheese on it but because i just don't rate cauliflower as a vegetable um i'm gonna get so much shit for that <laughs> uh you know, i can't remember what else was in it but it was so amazing and i've got i've got it all roasting in the oven well not all of it but i've got Delightful. loads of it big tray um roasting in the oven for my lunch today it's like yes this is gonna be delicious and i just feels it arrived in a box zero plastic um and i compared it 
So I put it into the Asda website if I was going to buy from Asda. All of the things that I would have got from Asda would have been wrapped in plastic bar one. All of yeah. it bar one. Oh, four courgettes. That was the other thing I got. Um, if I'd have got it from Asda, this is going non-organic from Asda. Right. It would have cost me pound eighty-six less getting it from Asda. It would have been wrapped in plastic. It wouldn't have been organic. It wouldn't have been locally grown. Um, and I'd have had to have driven to Asda. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it would have cost me only pound eighty something less. That's quite yeah, it's amazing that it's not that much different. And then if you then did the same calculation with all their like organic and, and what have you, it probably it would, then have would have been more than come 10 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it would have been more than 10 pounds. Probably still would have had plastic. But yeah. it, what I was looking at, what I'm looking at in my food consumption is lowering my carbon footprint. Yeah. So if you have you ever used oatly milk? Yes. Yeah, so they're on the side of their packet, they have uh, essentially the score of which is the the amount of their carbon footprint essentially yeah. it's the kilograms of something on the environment that they have and they claim it and if you ever go to um brew dog i think that that isn't company that's across the country isn't it that's not just local oh no that's across the country and yeah. other countries yeah brew dog yeah. uh they uh they now on their menus have the score the carbon oh, okay. footprint yeah. that they, the food has. And you look at their vegetarian options compared to the meat options, it is unreal. Like the carbon footprint as soon as you implement meat. So my whole thing is now to consider, okay, so, well, I'm not going to buy cans of food that have been shipped across the world. I will buy food that is as best I can locally grown. Avocados, which is a shame because I love avocados. Yeah, they're I will the now worst. Little and often because, nope, I will have little, not often, because <laughs> um, they're the worst, literally yeah. the worst. Their carbon footprint is huge and it's shit, yes. But by being understanding and noticing that this stuff has, or understanding that this stuff has an impact, it's really quite easy to make these changes without feeling like, oh, I'm really shit, it's so shitty. Why have I got to miss out on eating avocados all the time? Well, because of freaking Nora, the whole planet suffers because of it, because my avocado consumption. I think, it's, it, I mean, it's not quite the same, but at the moment, the lorry driver shortage in the UK, and then seeing on the supermarket shelves the impact that's had because they have to prioritise what they take there's no bottled water like you just can't buy I went the other week I couldn't get even get sparkling water just normal two wow. litre bottles of sparkling water you can't no because they're prioritizing what they take to the shelves so obviously all the vegetables and the meat and the the general thing so once I went it was a few weeks back and it was the biscuit aisle was half empty because they're non-essential yeah they are non-essential and it was quite good to see really the the things that they prioritize like that like you know get that yeah bottle of water off the shelf because that is a waste of space on a lorry why it, you know, when yeah. we have a tap yeah exactly and also freaking nor if you don't want to drink tap water get a filter yeah and just that do it in, yourself at home that, yeah. yeah that in itself should be a priority for everyone it's just to drink filtered water if they're not willing buying bottled water is oh my god especially it should when be it illegal. is like the value stuff which is not actually like a mineral water you know it's nice every now and then to have a nice water that's like a mineral water and there is evidence and science behind what's in it lovely yeah but if you're going to buy the cheapest water it's literally the same as our taps yeah you're just yep. paying and for it- that plastic you're paying for that lorry to drive across the country yeah and then that plastic ends up in landfill 
and it, what is the point just get a filter Brita filter or yeah. oh, no it probably transpires that they're awful for the environment why did I name drop <laughs> <laughs> now there's the charcoal sticks yes so it's like carbon sticks or something you can put in bottles and they absorb bad things I don't really know all the ins and outs I remember looking well, if at you ever all, have but... um if you ever have food poisoning isn't it just have a charcoal tablet because it absorbs yeah. the poisons in your tummy yeah um but no I think I don't know if it's Brita but they're using the reusable filters now mm-hmm. instead of having just those plastic containers that you throw out at grammar yeah. knots they're yeah. trying to uh implement those I, I don't know the companies that do them now I personally just drink tap water I do. Uh, or if, you, if you're my husband, you use a Brita filter with a filter that's not been changed in about five years. And I'm still convinced you're drinking filtered water. <laughs> hey, it's a placebo. <laughs> Let's just carry on. Let, let it be. Oh, Neil. Gotta love him. That's brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, so I just, I have found that an understanding and a compassion towards the environment towards our local econ- uh, local environment, local economy, has really opened my eyes to this whole green movement more so than just the hammering home of uh, recycle, recycle, recycle. It just, it makes you understand more. Uh, spending, taking the time to actually understand more. I think it was my first kick in the crotch about all this stuff was that um, Zac Efron series on Netflix. Oh, yes. Uh, what's it called? Down to Earth. Down to and earth. they're recording in second series, aren't they? I don't know when it's yeah. out, but I'm excited. I think that really did open my eyes to a lot of stuff. And every time I tell Mossy off, we'll be like, why are you buying another bottle? Uh, he's always like, oh, what are you doing it for Zach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> it gets people moving in the right direction. Yeah, just do it for Zach. <laughs> and spending more time in nature, it... It helps. And I, I'd like to think that over the last 18 months, people went on more walks. I mean, we're blessed because we are more countryside, but even in like London and stuff, there's parks and there's wildlife. And just appreciating that and appreciating the nature helps you have more compassion for it. Yeah. So you're like, I yeah. want this to stay. I want this beauty to stay. Absolutely. You walk in yeah. the Lake District and someone's yes. thrown a coffee cup on the floor. You're That's like, disgusting. are you absolutely crazy? Yeah. Anyone would pick that up. anyone like oh my gosh me my brother and Mossy were out for a walk and there was just a a coffee cup in the middle of a field and Ben got to it first my brother and he picked it up and just threw it in the next dog bin that we came across but it just like why you see it and it just it just makes you angry yeah and then how this is it this is what I wanted to talk about Dawn how do you layer on compassion to that it's so okay so I'm getting pissed off and triggered by a stranger dropping a coffee cup how do we lay a compassion on and that's I think when it becomes really tricky how do you how do you not be mad at people creating these monstrosities like how do you not get mad at Amazon for burning their returns yeah how yeah like that like the coffee cup or what have you how can someone look around a field and think it's completely okay to do that and not look at the field and think you don't need litter on you. That's not going to do you any good. Yeah. No. Um, so I guess it would become, I always come at it from, um, it's a lack of education. Yeah. Yeah. Coming back to that fitness instructor, it's, it's, she doesn't know better. Therefore. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. This person dropped a cup. Of, what she could have happened with the coffee cup is that fell out of their pocket or bag and they didn't realize. 
So or they had some kind of emergency, first aid emergency. It got dropped, got left behind. Yeah. Exactly. But then again, um, I think that's very yeah. rare. That's a, like, yeah, we're talking about this absolutely could have happened. Probably wasn't that. Probably wasn't. You see people lobbing McDonald's rubbish out of their freaking cars and yeah, fly tipping and all sorts. <gasps> oh my all God. the time, all the time. Because I'm on the country road out of Norwich and people chuck it out just because I'm just oh. outside the village. The amount of rubbish I pick up off my driveway is disgusting. To be fair, it all blows into our garden. So I yes. totally understand. There's I think this year, the, it's been harder than most years for these areas because people have been going on holiday there, people that wouldn't normally go on holiday to these countryside places in the UK. And I grew up going mountain walking and stuff. And there was there was rules, not real rules, but like my mum taught me rules and like her mum had taught her rules. They were just these yeah. countryside rules that you did and didn't do like yeah. I mean there's obvious ones that are definite rules like if a gate's shut you shut it behind you that sort of yeah. stuff it's pretty you obvious. walk on you walk into traffic yes, the amount of that, people who are walking with the traffic in the Lake District they didn't know and this is it it's a lot of people going on these holidays this year that aren't brought up like it and don't know whenever we used to pack up a campsite you would walk like in a line this was her girl guiding that did this but you know same kind of principle even if you just walk the area so we would just walk across the area we've camped looking for every last little speck to pick up yeah yeah absolutely yeah um and it just it's you leave it as you found it yeah but there are obviously people that are more used to going to places where there are staff to clear up after them I guess so, yeah. You no know, resorts where even on the beach, you know, the beach will be swept and cleared every night and yeah. they haven't got to do it. No, and then maybe there's that element of laziness. Oh, well, it doesn't matter because someone else will do it. And so it maybe that is then brought, but brought back to this country and to... But just, why do we have that? Why do we have that attitude of, oh, someone else will do it? But let's say, okay, that person did put that, just literally just chuck that coffee cup on the floor. Why aren't the people around them being like, uh mate, have you done that what are you doing that's not okay but then so therefore it must be a lack of education it yeah it, you want to always think someone's not just a dickhead you, they're not some people are just dickheads and you can also assume that they'll be the people that do just throw mcdonald's out of the window and fly tip etc etc because there's no other reason for it um but otherwise it has to be a lack of education because surely if they knew and understood the impact of their actions they would not choose to do it and so whenever i am struggling to find compassion for someone because at the end of the day it only ruins my day if i get cross about these people then i'm like okay well they just don't know any better yeah yeah they and going to these walking better. as well it's the um I've saw people walking next to a footpath, not on it, because the next to it bit just looked a little bit more easy to walk on. But it's having a bit of compassion for that mountain. Now they're probably thinking, oh, but it doesn't matter. But if every single person, and there's thousands, go up that mountain and walk next to the path, not on the path, it causes erosion. And in years to come, it would just be impassable. And that's not fair to the generations after us Mm -hmm. to then not enjoy the beauty that we've exactly. got to enjoy so it's just yeah respect the paths stay on the paths yeah abide by the rules yeah and then therefore is it then our responsibility to help these people to get out this information to ensure that people are informed where we have the control to do it so perhaps it is our job to educate people on um 
how to be more compassionate in yoga or whatever it might be. I, I, or even is it in, we're, we're becoming more and more aware about the impact that we have in, on the environment, Dawn. So maybe this is our way of trying to help and spread that education, encourage people yeah. to be more aware of it. And therefore we're doing our bit to help the people who are perhaps less educated in it and therefore making the world a better place. And so I think if you're getting triggered by something, try and do something about it. Yeah. If you can, where the power lays. It's like, it might be that you donate more to um, trusts that work in maintaining the Lake District, for instance. It would, if I felt really, oh God, the amount of litter that was at the Lake District, to be fair, it was. That coffee cup was about the only piece of litter I did see. I was very, very pleasantly surprised. It was really lovely. However, if I thought it was a real thing, well, okay, I can't go up there and start running lectures on how to walk around the Lake District. However, I may be able to donate something to a trust or something that does. Or share the information as well. So the walk I read was about, I'd read a blog post about the route that I was taking. And in it, it specified, so it, that there's work being done to preserve the, the tracks stick to this track they said the other one will look more obvious but that's not actually the footpath so please don't go down it but obviously I saw people going down it because they it looked more obviously the footpath because hundreds and thousands of people have been doing that so yeah. it's then yeah perhaps I should then share this blog of this yeah. per, this local walker who knows which footpaths you should be on and which ones are actually trying to be repaired by the charities up there i think it's called something the fells fix the fells they call it and it's it's the organization fixing the fells and they're fixing the footpaths and doing the repairs to what should be the actual footpaths and trying to stop people from going yeah down other routes yeah so there we go i feel like if you are triggered by something try and help educate those who do not know better because we have to assume that not everyone is a dickhead they are just misinformed so you briefly mentioned compassion in yoga what Mm. um what's your take on compassion in yoga okay um i don't think i've ever come across this in one of my yoga classes however that does not mean that is not a thing i can imagine as a beginner there is that daunting sense of what if I do it wrong? Now, if you knew as a beginner that no one in the classroom or no one in that class is going to judge you, is going to laugh at you, is going to think you're an idiot, everyone in that classroom is going to be coming at, or if they pay any attention to you, is going to be uh, observing, seeing, practicing with you from a sense of love and compassion, it's a much easier place to be. If everyone in my classes knew that everyone in the room was supporting them, was cared about how they got on, wanted them to have the best yoga practice possible, then I know that everyone in my classes is going to feel more comfortable, is going to feel more uh, energized, I guess. They're going to have a lighter energy, a kinder energy, uh, an energy where they feel like they can get the most out of their practice, not Like, I don't want to close my eyes in case everyone's looking at me. Uh, I don't want to try that pose in case I fall. I don't want to do that in case uh, I look like an idiot or I don't look like everyone else does. Whereas if everyone in the room is, is loving, is kind, is compassionate, understands that, oh, you're a newbie, I know how you feel right now, 
but don't worry. It's, you know, you'll be fine. It's going to be fine. I'm here to support you to go through this with you. Uh, then fuck only better yoga if you ask me. Yeah. And it's our responsibility as teachers to really encourage that and create a lovely community in class. I, I had that a few weeks ago with some of my yogis doing teaching them a pose that a lot of them said I can't do that I can't do that but then finding out they'd only ever tried it in a big group where they didn't really know everyone and they didn't have the support and it's sort of like they're finding a bit of a bond amongst themselves like in your classes we only cheer each other on Mm -hmm. and and help and advise and nobody judges if it if someone can't do something or, you know, it's, we're all there once and we're all at different points. So there's different poses some people can do and some people can't do. And I just loved that my yogis then pretty much all of them did the pose, but even those that didn't nearly did. And everyone was super happy for them. And it was just a really nice sort of feeling. And then it's gone on to then create a welcoming atmosphere for new yogis I had a new one last week completely brand new never done yoga before I don't think she felt uncomfortable she seemed to have a lovely time she thanked me at the end you know said she really enjoyed it so it's just nice to see that everyone was really welcoming of her even though she'd never done any yoga before oh that's really lovely um I there's a couple of my yogis I remember from back in the day they were the best ones when I had a new yogi in I was always like god I hope this ex person was in class or this other person was in class there was a few of them because they would always be like hey and they'd introduce themselves and really like help that person feel welcomed and if we were doing challenging poses I know for a fact that all of my regular yogis are incredible with the support that they give because they've all been there they've all learned this shit already so if you're new and you're there and you're learning, they will happily be giving tips, supportive uh, and just wonderful in any way. And it, it is so lovely to see. So within the yoga class, do we need to think about self-compassion for ourselves as well? Is that an important? Yeah, yeah I think that it, I know we've talked about, again, with the Ahimsa stuff, we very much talked about self-compassion or non-violence towards ourselves in a yoga class and again it's just understanding that not every yoga class is going to feel like a dream not every yoga class is going to go exactly to plan um and just coming at it with a self sense of self-understanding uh and really listen it kind of ties in nicely to dharma it's it's accepting that what time of day it is what cycle of you're in in the month uh where it is in the year it might be that i don't know if you know this dawn but i don't do my yin classes throughout the summer yeah um yeah and because it just it seems seasonable 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 it's a very cozy it's it's a chilled out cozy vibe yeah it seems seasonal seasonal thank you god i can't seasonal yes seasonal um yeah it's very cozy and my numbers plummet as soon as summer hits as soon as it's light outside people don't want to do yin and i don't want to work at nine o'clock at night so it's easier just to remove it from the schedule uh for the summer and then it'll kick back off in autumn or october time uh when again it's it's uh that more cozy vibe I also think as when you think about that it's not just the darkness it's the what happens at this time of year people are more hectic and busy and taking that 45 minutes to totally chill it's really mm-hmm. needed you know our, our schedules all pretty much always hype up kids are back at school people have got stuff going on you know we've got Halloween 
fireworks, Christmas, all of it building up and things get a little bit crazy. Yeah, my birthday. (laughs) it's <laughs> so obviously a national holiday that one yeah should um be. should be uh so should mine if you are yeah. i am <laughs> uh no and it is it's just a case of listening to what's going on not just within yourself but within a wider circle as well drawing on that dharma what's right for you at the right time and um and being compassionate towards ourselves not beating ourselves up because things aren't as we thought expected or planned and then just being kind and really layering on that ahimsa as well as compassion but the understanding must be there for us to really implement the compassion and to be kind to ourselves and to actually come at it with a really sympathetic kind loving view yeah yeah any any closing thoughts on sympathy um compassion you said just said sympathy so it was on my tip of my tongue (laughs) (laughs) uh on compassion no the more compassion there is the better the world though much like yoga definitely just there's no downside to compassion none it it doesn't it's i think it can be deemed as an excuse it it lets bad people off the hook but i think the only person by getting angry two things happen one it ruins your day or b it fuels change if you can turn that anger into an energy that fuels good change, then go for it. Yeah, totally. But don't be angry let that... at the outrage of some things that happen. Yeah. And then but don't fueling you that... to do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't let that negativity hold, hold on, uh, or stay in you or sit in you. Turn that angry energy into a creative energy to, to drive positive change. Or come at it from a point of love and you can either change something or you can just let it go. It's one or the other. It, if, if you let something sit and fester in you in a negative way, it, the only person that is damaging is you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my closing thoughts on compassion are implement it in every single element of your life, whether it's the environment, people you don't know, the world, wide world, uh, people within your community, people within your close circle. There is no downside to compassion. I have to show Elvis compassion every single day. <laughs> That's my main practice of compassion is blooming Elvis. Yeah, totally. I love him really. <laughs> it's deep, deep, deep down. <laughs> Mine's self-compassion. Dawn, you need sleep and that's okay. Yes. <laughs> Go to that's sleep, That's very Dawnie. self-centered Get of me, but no. Know. Shall we wrap it up even with some chaos in the background? Yep, the window yep. cleaner's just arrived. The dog is barking. It is all going on at number 16 today. Wow. All go, all go. It's all nice, go. nice the hubbub. Um, let's wrap up compassion. Then next week we are on to happiness. I'm excited for this one. Me too. Yeah, it's a really good one. I think it will be a really lovely topic to talk about. Obviously, because it's happy. Yay! Yeah. Um. So yeah, this was episode four the yoga life podcast yeah episode five episode five next week oh it's crazy halfway through already yeah, dawn i know Plus two interviews i think we've secured one of our first bonus interviews which is really exciting fabulous yeah really yeah. exciting um but please go follow us on everything so uh yoga life podcast on instagram um subscribe to our newsletter not that you get much from us at the moment but subscribe to the newsletter on the website yogalife.com um or 
just go subscribe, follow on Spotify, iTunes, all the normal places where you listen to your podcast. Wherever you listen, please give us a review if you can. Give us some stars if you can. It's all very, very, very much appreciated. And share with everyone you care about. Absolutely. Oh, thanks, Dawny. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye.